It's the Federal Chronicles Radio Show's News of the Week for February 8th, 2020. An acronym shadow destroys the Iowa caucus. Jason Cousin, I, Eric Render, King Fisk explore the conspiracy theories surrounding the caucus app that ruined the beginning of the DNC's nomination process and cast doubts that will haunt the process for the rest of the primary well into the convention in Milwaukee later this year. We also talk about the reactions to Rush Limbaugh's cancer announcement and the controversy surrounding the Super Bowl halftime show. Commentary on pop culture and current events through the perspective of film snobs and diesel punks, with topics ranging from conspiracy theories, true crime, and the paranormal. You can now listen to our podcast on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. If your favorite podcast service doesn't have the Federal Chronicles radio show, let us know and we'll fix that right away. Once again, thank you for listening and enjoy the show. had this epiphany jay okay (laughs) here we are we are we're 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 two admitted uncloseted nerds or geeks i'm not sure which one you prefer to call yourself this week Uh, this week i'll go with geek okay so we got a nerd and a geek who do a news show okay and and people are amazed and surprised at the fact that we are as close to nonpartisan as you can possibly get, and people still get angry with me. Well, I don't know if we're actually that close to nonpartisan. I okay. mean, I think we're just honest with how we believe. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I get. Well, I guess you could consider that nonpartisan. I will tell you when I'm disgusted with the behavior of the Republican Party. And I will tell you when I am disgusted with the Democratic Party. Yeah, and and I will, and I'll be, and I'll be blunt about it. One of the things that really sort of surprised me is that I woke up at five o'clock in the morning. Was it? When was it? Well, it's hard to tell because they haven't finished. Democrats still have no idea who the hell won. Right. But the thing is, is that the caucus was held earlier this week, and the, yes. and the following morning. I woke up at five o'clock in the morning, unable to sleep because I wanted to see who won the Iowa caucus. And I, dude, uh, you've been up since five o'clock in the morning on Wednesday. No, no, exhausted. Well, no, (laughs) I did go to bed last night and I went to bed last night, still not knowing who won the Iowa caucus. Yeah. And, and admittedly, um, I'm I'm also a political junkie or or a politics nerd, and I like a and here's the thing I also like a good fight, I, I and it's podcast fodder when the two political parties are going at each other like crazy. Am I wrong? No. Okay, but it's no. also it's also great political fodder when a party is cannibalizing itself. I think that's the best word I can well, think of. There's, see, this is this is the hard part I struggle with on this particular instance, right? Because it's a new process that they're doing, so there's going to be bugs. But this was a catastrophic fucking failure, right? If this was a private corporation 
who on their product launch had this happen, they they would be done. Oh, absolutely. And that's exactly unless they're like a really, really large company, in which case it's it, whatever. But right. if this is a small company startup and this was what happened with their with their virgin launch of their new product, they're going out of business. Oh, absolutely. And I think um and I already <laughs> I already started the show page. And I think the title of this episode, I'm not we're not done with it yet, but I think that the title of this episode is going to be Shadow Anachronism Destroys the DNC or something to that effect. And I know that we're getting ahead of ourselves here. We're, Jay and I are recording this on February 6th, 2020. And it's, it's a Thursday morning, and we still don't know who won the Iowa caucus. And yeah. all of this is thanks to an app. The candidates in the DNC contributed to have built by this company with some shadowy background information. See what I did there? I'm so pleased with myself. Company by the How long did it take you to think that one up? I mean, be honest. About maybe three seconds. Okay. Okay. Because I was a little concerned then. (laughs) (laughs) So allegedly, and this is as we know the story, as it's unfolding, a company by the name of Acronym has a subsidiary called Shadow. And they built the app that the people in Iowa were using for the Iowa caucus. And the largest contributor of all for this app is one of the candidates, Pete Buttigieg. And for whatever reason, people are wondering about the results of the caucus because Pete Buttigieg pulled ahead just slightly ahead of Bernie Sanders. Really? Allegedly. That's what the new, now here's the problem. That's how you know there's something suspect with the counting. (laughs) Now, because Bernie by all of the polls was he, I mean, he, he was going to win Iowa. Right. From what I saw anyway. I mean, I didn't keep exact, you know, daily, hourly track of it. But yeah, Bernie, that was Bernie's state to lose. Exactly. You know, and I did see an article somewhere saying that um, Bernie's crew is basically, they ha- they're they not suing, but they're really pissed off at the DNC because they feel that uh, they must have done something to disenfranchise the black and Latino votes, which were what Bernie's people were, concentrating on right. and what gave him his commanding lead. So it's, I mean, what they're saying actually is logical and makes sense because right. if they know that they had their lead be predominantly because of minority voters and now the DNC saying that, no, he didn't win, then it must be because they did something with those votes. Well, Yes. And a lot of people were wondering and questioning, how are they going to screw burning over this time after what happened in 2006? And a lot of people like um, Jimmy Dore on his podcast. Mm-hmm. And so there it is. We've been wondering all this time, how are they going to screw Bernie? Well, here it is. And if you look up Shadow Inc. app, and you're going to find a whole bunch of 
news items about how the CEO of this tech company really feels awful about all of this. He really, he really does feel awful. Um, and a lot of people are saying that because Pete Buttigieg was such a heavy investor, then obviously it's rigged. Now, the question I have is, is that how come the, how come the DNC hasn't look, looked into this before the Iowa caucus? Why did they wait until well, the last minute to see if whether or not this app was going to work or not? All right, so hold on. Okay. I'm looking at the shadowinc.io slash about page. So this is the, okay. this is the company's website. And when you click on their about button at the top, and it says, meet the shadow team. We are campaign and technology veterans who have built and implemented technology at Hillary for America, Obama for America, Google, Kiva, Apple, the AFL-CIO, and the DNC. Our passion is to create a permanent advantage for progressive campaigns. And then there's a dead icon link and causes through technology. So about them, where you meet the shadow team, right. I know why they call themselves shadow, because not a single one of their board members is listed there. Not a single member of the team is listed. They tell you who they are. That's scary. Well, I don't know. It's I don't think I don't it's know. I don't know if it's scary. scary. I don't know it's if it's concerning. TV. Yeah. It's it's definitely not, you know, making me feel good about the company. You know what I mean? If I had been if I had been given an opportunity to join this company and I looked at this page, I would be going, Yeah, but who are you? I was in a small company that was 16 employees, 20 right. if you included contractors. And when you went to our website and clicked on the about and it said meet the team, right? there were pictures and short bios of the CIO, CFO, CEO. You know what I mean? So this not having a single name attached to it. It's it's very concerning. Yeah, it is. It's skeevy. It's, right. it's not a great business practice. Although, you know, some people would argue that has nothing to do with business practice. It's just a shitty website. But when your job is to design apps, your website should be pretty fucking good. Is really what it should be, you know, because if you think about it, their job is technology and coding. And you know, as well as I do, that HTML is so simple of a format for coding that it's almost not even considered coding. Like people who are actual developers. Right don't really consider HTML to be code. They consider it to be like the framework right. for where you can show your real code. And they can't do they can't do that right because there's there's this little thing there next to campaigns that looks like it's supposed to be some sort of icon or image, but it's missing. Well done guys. I know why the app failed. Yeah. Well there's a, a lot of really sort of disturbing head-scratching headlines. I'm going to read this headline here from The Hill. If it would just open up and do what I asked it to do when I asked it to do it. And this is... This Eric, is, we've gone over this before. Why are you expecting computers to actually work? <sighs> this is from The Hill, published two days ago, uh, February 4th, 2020. From Maggie Miller, DHS, that's Department of Homeland Security Chief, says offer to vet Iowa caucus app was declined, Jay. Acting Homeland Security Chief, 
Secretary Chad Wolf said Tuesday that an offer to vet the app used by the Iowa Democratic Party in tabula- to tabulate votes during the Iowa caucus was turned down. Our cybersecurity and infrastructure security agency has offered to test the app from a hacking perspective, Wolf said during an appearance on Fox's News. Fox and Friends. Wolf said the offer was declined and noted that we're seeing a couple of issues with it. I would say right now that we don't see any malicious cyber security, um, malicious cyber activity going on, he said. The Iowa Democratic Party said Tuesday morning that the app used to tabulate votes as a part of the First in the Nation caucus, which CNN confirmed was built by the firm Shadow, had a, quote, coding issue, unquote, in the reporting system that slowed down the reporting of totals. Slowed down? Slowed down? We're the 21st goddamn century. It's been over 24 <laughs> fucking hours since the thing completed, and we don't know who the fuck won. Holy shit. That's I not mean, slowed down. You could have used an abacus, and it would have well, been dude, done when by when you now. and I were kids, in, in the, in this, they were just fucking counting that shit by hand. They had it done faster than this. Because here's what you had. You had paper ballots and you had the town clerk and the town clerk's assistant or the assistant town clerk sit down. Or and, their team. Because, or their team. Yeah. And you, and you had um, people from both parties watching the counting to make sure that it was done right. Now, my parents used to be involved in local politics. They yes. still are, actually, now that yep. they're retired. And... I actually saw how they counted the votes in the town that I grew up yeah. in. And they literally had boxes for each candidate. Yep. And there was two people and they would just walk through and like they one stood on the other side of the table and they just literally put the ballot, put a ballot in each box for whoever won that particular ballot. And then they would pick it up and count it and count how many. And right. They would write in ink. Yeah, just, just like a like a Sharpie marker kind of a right. thing, right? How many votes that particular candidate got on the lid of that box? Yep, fucking shoe boxes. Yeah, and they had that shit done in like an hour and a half. Right. Granted, there was three hundred people in the town. Not all of them voted, so we're not talking about a huge number here right. of votes that they had to cast in the, or count right. in the ballot. But it just goes back to a saying. That one of the first engineers I worked with when I got out of the Coast Guard, the, he had this saying. He's like, there's nothing so simple that it can't be made more complicated. Yeah. And here we go. They made it so complicated that it's over. It's the 21st century. Counting ballots has gotten so goddamn complicated that it's over 24 hours later and we don't know. Now... One of the things that I thought that this was really interesting, I'm trying to figure out who is um, Lee Fang. Um, and he's, he's, a, he's a blue check mark on Twitter. And he had posted, and I think I sent this to you, three different sources say a firm called, quote, Shadow, unquote, developed the Iowa Dem Caucus app. They haven't responded to comment Neither has the Iowa Democratic Party. The firm was paid by both Nevada and Iowa Democratic Party to close your shows. Also, Pete, Mayor Pete's campaign. And for some reason, the night of the Iowa caucus, Pete Buttigieg claimed victory. 
and he's walking around all smiles like, oh my God, I can't, I can't believe this. Oh my goodness. Oh me, little old me. And a lot of people such as myself are looking at this and seeing impropriety and tell me if I'm wrong, if well, how did they determine that he, how did he determine he was the winner who, that he's walking around like that? Who knows? Who knows? How does he know that he won? How come he's claiming that he won? Well, if the, he could be claiming he won because the winner of the Iowa caucus is a big deal and it's a way of gaining momentum. Sure. So, I mean, the motivation for him claiming he won is fairly obvious. But then I just it, don't know what reason he may have to believe he won. Right. If he's just claiming it thinking, hey, no one else is claiming it, so I'll take it. Okay. You know, kind of like that one guy in Pirates of the Caribbean when Johnny Depp and, and Barbosa, Jack Sparrow and Barbosa are arguing back and forth and he just started shouting at him. That's kind of how it feels like with Pete Buttigieg. Right. It's like, all right, nah, no one really thinks you won, Pete, but, you know, go ahead, feel feel good about yourself. It's all right. Well, so anyway, there. by the way, I did not realize this until about maybe 30 seconds ago because I just did a Google search of the Iowa caucus and the, the result page that comes up on Google has 96% reporting. I don't know how the 96% of what is reporting, all the poll places or whatever. Yeah. And right here at the top of the list, Pete Buttigieg, Pete Buttergig, Pete Buttigieg. I don't know how you pronounce his name. Yeah, um, I think he's going to have to legally change his name to something pronounceable when he gets elected. Uh, well, who knows? Who knows? And the thing is, is that people are championing championing his campaign is because he is the first openly gay candidate to run for president. Now, I have no problem against somebody like Pete Buttigieg as long as he is a competent politician. I, I don't I don't care about his sexuality. I am well, yeah. I am yeah. very con- but I am very concerned at the appearance of impropriety here. I am very concerned at how it looks as if it has been rigged by the winner himself. The optics are bad, Jay. Yeah. I don't know what I don't know what else to say. This looks this looks bad. All right. So how many delegates are there in Iowa? Uh, let's see. It's, let's see. If you take 11 and 11, that's 22 plus 5. Well, yeah, that's what's reporting. But that's what's reporting. They have 56 delegates Okay. to the DNC. I just typed into Google how many delegates in Iowa. Number of delegates each candidate receives nationally determines how many state delegates from Iowa candidate will have. At the DNC, Iowa sends 56 delegates to the DNC. Right. So 56, and they've counted a whopping total of 27. Now, it's been a while since I've had to do actual math. I'm a musician. I count up to four. I go back to one. Then I got into computers because they only count up to one. So that's less than half of the delegates that they can account for. It just looks bad, Jay. It really does. It really does. And it and when, when we say looked bad, it looks depending on how you how you want to look at it, it's either incompetence or corruption. Which is worse? Like if I don't know. If you I honestly don't know at this point. If you were somebody in Iowa, if you were a voter in Iowa and you were watching the the local news 
and you were watching the party heads and you were watching, um, what's his name? Tom Perez, who's now being asked to resign. Yeah. Um, which would be worse for you as a voter and a resident of the state of Iowa? Well, I gotta tell you right now, I'd be wondering if I should even bother voting in December, in November. I really would. Right. They can't get, they got to clean this. They got to figure this shit out before November would be my primary thought. You're going to have to switch to paper ballots. They're going to have to do something. They can't, I mean, not to be a dick about this, but I'm here in New Hampshire, not to make this about me or my state, but we're having our primary next week. Yeah. It's going to say it's like five days away, isn't it? Yeah. Don't ask me to do math. Um, <laughs> but the, the major question that I have now, I know that we, most of New Hampshire use paper ballots and I, I am quite confident after watching what happens here in the state of New Hampshire. And I do know that there are, can we say irregularities? Um, yeah, because I have seen perfect example. One of the things that I saw was that you have college students show up with a piece of mail from Franklin Pierce as, quote, proof, quote, unquote, that they live here in New Hampshire. That's all you have to do on voting day is show up with a piece of paper. Okay, so this is this is kind of a separate topic. It is okay. a separate topic. It's no, related, I'm, but it's well, related. It's, but it's, it's related. Yeah. I'm not, even with our paper ballots, and I know the shenanigans that the party leaders, especially the Democrats, play here in new hampshire i know that i know that there's a little rigging going on yeah and this is this is the thing that really kind of pisses me off why on earth would anyone be against voter id i don't know at this point i don't understand why like right because if they say it's because you know poor people may not know how to get one I think they're underestimating the intelligence of the average person. I they, it, Purposefully. Well, yeah. And they must be doing it for a reason, right? And this is where conspiracies kind of spring up about this shit, especially like people on the right, right? Because famously, the only people that are really against voter IDs are those on the left. And they're, on the, they're against them because they call them racist. I don't know how acquiring an ID can possibly be racist, but whatever. Um, maybe the process is more complicated. I don't know. I've had a driver's license since I was 16. I have no fucking clue how complicated it is to get a just an ID right. in today's world. I know my daughter was able to do it when she turned 18, and it didn't take long. I drove her down somewhere. She was inside for about five minutes, came out. She had the damn ID and then it arrived, you know, the paper ID and then the plastic one arrived in the mail. So I'm assuming it's not that complicated. Maybe getting to that place that you have to go to, because I don't remember it was maybe driver's license division or something like that. But maybe that's what they're saying they can't do. But I don't know. It seems to me that a lot of people are able to get around to places they need to go. So I don't know. It just doesn't, it, I have yet to hear a cogent argument that is persuasive as to why a voter ID is racist. 
I don't understand it either. And it's like, an, are, are we muddling the topic? We might be a little bit, but we might the, be a little but bit. The, the but note- the truth of the matter is that, you know, your state is having its primary next week, right? Yes. And next Tuesday. how confident are you in the ability of either party in your state to be able to count votes? We had an issue a couple of years ago where there was a major storm coming. And people were concerned about not being able to get to vote. I think this happened two years ago. Um, people were concerned about the storm that was coming and people were not going to be able to vote. So one of the selectmen asked the town administrator to print off some absentee ballots off of the Xerox machine. And the town clerk said, this is very unusual. This is not right. This is, this is not how we do this. And the, one of the town selectmen says, I'm ordering you to print out some absentee ballots right now, or you're fired, something to that effect. Yeah. And I'm kind of, and I'm purposefully remaining vague because I was actually not really friends, but a casual acquaintance of the town clerk. Okay. And I know the town clerk and I spoke to the town clerk after this happened. And she had said that she was thrown under the bus when it turned out that people were saying, these are illegal ballots. These are illegal votes. Because if you could run to the Xerox machine and fire off a couple of absentee ballots for people to vote there on the spot, because you didn't yeah. have any absentee ballots at the, at the, at the, at the town clerk's office, at, at the town hall, who's to say somebody would not be in the back room running off a ton of absentee ballots and stuffing the ballot box that way. It got to the point where the attorney general showed up during the recount. The state attorney general? The state attorney general showed up and they um, they had volunteers there to supervise the vote counting. And Carol and I, um, were volunteers and they actually separated us to two different tables because they didn't want the slightest appearance of impropriety. Yeah. And we spent about two hours counting votes and they didn't get the results that they were expecting or the results that they wanted. So then they had us do it all over again. And I was coming down with a migraine and I said, I know exactly what's happening here. They're counting and recounting and recounting until they get the results that they want. I, I'm not going to have any part of this. And my wife said, yeah, neither am I. And we left. Yeah. And then for people to say, oh, there's, there's no voting irregularity in New Hampshire. How, how do you know? Right. Well, I mean, just I think back to the 2000 election with George Bush and, uh, and um, Al Gore. Right. Darth Gore, as I used to call him. Right. You know, I mean... How how much did they recount votes, paper ballots in Florida that year? I mean, paper ballots are not exactly the sturdiest things in the world. No. I know it's not like paper paper. It's like, you know. It's chipboard. It's he- it's, it, it's heavy it, stock chipboard here in New Hampshire. Chipboard. But ask sometime around the seventh or eighth time you're counting that shit, especially when you're talking about stupid things like hanging chads. Yes. Now you're like. All right. Well, is that hanging because someone tried to push it or is it hanging because it's been counted 75 right. times? 
You know what I mean? There's a point in time when you have to acquiesce. That's one of the things that actually I, I liked about Hillary is she was pissed off. She lost, but she didn't drag the country through a ridiculous recount. That's the one thing, one good thing that you could say about her. And I'm actually going to get to Hillary Clinton in, in another segment of the show. Yeah. Here. Yeah. But yeah. So, I mean, it's to me anyway, I know there was some recounting that took place, but it wasn't like, you know, an entire state and the whole nation's waiting to find out who won, blah, blah, blah. It was nothing like that. Right. Because there's always recounts. Yes. There's always recounts. Every election, there's always some district somewhere or some state that does recounts for whatever reason. Right. You know, I don't know if it's like, you know, hey, it's our turn this year. We're going to do a bunch of recounts. I don't know. I don't know how that how that they determine who what the state is doing a recount. So I understand it's decisions made at the local level, especially from what you just said. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it just I don't know. If you- it seems to me sometimes that when you run into things like this, you're opening up improprieties. You right. and I, a few weeks ago, or last, was it last week, week before, we were saying, okay, so we know the Democrat Party heads don't want Bernie to win. Right. We know they can't pull the same shenanigans they did in the 2016 election. Right. So what are they going to do to knock Bernie out of the race? If as I mentioned earlier, whoever wins Iowa gets a huge boost in momentum. Right, right. Is this them trying to neuter his momentum or is this a genuine problem? I don't really know. I mean, this is, this is where we start getting into conspiracy theories. But and speaking of conspiracy theories, woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. Um, there's absolutely no way that you could look at this and believe that this is on the up and up. You cannot look at this and say, oh, ab- it's absolutely legitimate. It's absolutely, I totally, totally have well, I wouldn't 100% go that far. I would faith s- in the system. I wouldn't go that far. I would say there's no way you can look at this and not think there's a possibility that of impropriety. You can't look at this and say, oh, there's no way there's nothing wrong here. There's nothing suspect about this in any way. There's no way you can do that, honestly, with any intellectual honesty. I mean, I think you can and still retain intellectual honesty, look at this and say, I don't think there's anything really hinky going on. They actually just ran into a bug with their software. It's the first time it was used, blah, blah, blah. Right. I could see you saying that and still having some intellectual integrity and honesty at heart. But to say that there's nothing suspicious about this, I mean, it could genuinely be nothing suspicious, but you've got to realize that it's really easy for your political enemies to look at this and say they can't even count votes in a fucking state. And I would be damn surprised if actually I'm kind of surprised that, um, you know, the orangutan in chief hasn't actually said something yet. Well, there's someone must be sitting on his cell phone. So, you know, there's, there's, I mean, the thing is, is that what started off as probably one of the worst weeks for Republicans that you could possibly imagine, starting as early as Sunday night, because Donald Trump tweeted his congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs and said that the state of Kansas must be so proud of the Kansas City Chiefs. And people were calling him a moron. 
because Kansas City is actually in Missouri. Well, as a former resident of Kansas, I can tell you that there's Kansas City, Kansas, right next to Kansas City, Missouri. And it's an honest mistake, especially if you're tweeting late at night after having a couple of years. I get that, but you're the president of the fucking United States. Someone should have said, dude... You know what I mean? You mean this that, is why you need to have people vetting your fucking te- tweets. Exactly. And there, there are times when I hand my phone over to Carol and it says, "Does this look right? Should I tweet this?" And there are times where Carol like looks at me like, "Are you, are you fucking crazy? Are you kidding me?" Well, are I've you- asked. Yeah, I mean, I, I've asked Elaine a few times that, and and being a saxophone hasn't really been very responsive. Though, so. <laughs> I may have to review my, my editing board. <laughs> Carol, Carol is like, wait a minute. Let me see if I get this straight. We have dishes to do. We have laundry to fold and we have to get the kids off to school on time. And you're asking me to look at your tweet to see if whether, <laughs> if the, if it's grammarly correct or whether or not it's going to like get you into trouble. You're in trouble now. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to be in trouble with the nameless, faceless people on the internet, or do you want to sleep in the car again? I would rather <laughs> piss off some nameless, faceless people. But Dude, I would rather piss off some nameless, faceless people than your wife. Uh, and I'm not even married to her. <laughs> <laughs> but you mean to tell me that like Donald Trump doesn't turn over his phone once in a while before he's about to tweet something? Of and course not, because he's the greatest ever. Oh Haven't you been paying attention, Eric? No, actually, I, I have <laughs> not been. Because I, oh. Everybody loves it. But the th- and so the thing is, is that Donald Trump started off the, the week in really bad shape. Yeah, and he was about to be impeached. Right. No, he was already impeached. They were going to vote. That's right. They were voting guilty. on his right. impeached. When you're impeached, that means that they're having the trial to right. see whether or not you should be tossed out of office. Right. Okay. It's not until they actually vote guilty or innocent that you're actually in some kind of serious trouble. Is it really an innocent or guilty vote? I thought it was just a vote to remove him from office. I I listened to the whole thing yesterday, and they were voting on. And you stayed awake. I. That's dedication, dude. I'm impressed. Well, I actually had it on in the background while I was trying to get some other stuff done, so I was a little distracted. And they voted guilty or innocent. Okay. And it went right down party in the lines with the exception of Mitt Romney, who is a Republican who voted guilty for mm-hmm. um, abuse of power. I'm not sure if he voted guilty on both counts, but I know for a fact he voted guilty on at least one account. Yeah, I know that because uh, a lot of, well, being involved in the arts community, there's a lot of left-leaning people who were so proud of Mitt Romney for standing up and doing what's right. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't know. I don't, I didn't see the evidence. I didn't see the trial. I'm not sure if he's standing up for doing what's right or if he's just pandering. But anyway. So anyway, and then he had the state of the union. And of course it was a very partisan display. Wait a minute. Yeah. You mean it was a partisan display at the State of the Union I, of a president, of a sitting president who was being impeached at the time? I know. It's I know. I'm That's I, shocking. Who would have thought that could happen? Well, I'm gonna go on the record and say that I sort of predicted it was not it was going to go badly. And it and not only did it go badly, 
it went badly in ways that I could not possibly imagine. With Nancy Pelosi tearing up his speech on live television, standing behind him. And See, now, I've, I've seen something about that where that's actually against law because that is the official um, House of Representatives copy, and she is she was dam- act- literally in willfully and intentionally damaging an official document, right. political document of the United States, which is actually illegal. It's actually right. against the law for her sure. to do that. Nothing's going to happen to her. And honestly, I don't think anything really should happen to her because it's just political theater. She was doing being dramatic. Right. I also heard that Trump did not shake her hand. Yeah. But also that she did not do the traditional um, ladies and gentlemen of Congress. It is my great honor to present the president of the United States. Mm-hmm. You know, so there was a lot of not so subtle snubbing going on all around. And it's just stupid dumb political theater that people are obsessing over that just aggravates me how does this help anything how is this helping our you know people on unemployment how is this making jobs for anybody how is you know how is this helping the country in any way shape or form i don't know what to tell you but i can't um, yeah go but ahead. my faith Sorry. but my faith is my faith in the if you thought that my faith in the political process was in trouble before. I have next to no faith in the political process right now. And I have said for years that the system is rigged. And yeah. it's a and I have said, and I remember, I remember I was I was in this very room here with Walt November 2015. And I said this is going to be the time that they are going to blatantly rig the primary and the general election, and they're going to do it so blatantly that you're going to see it right before your very eyes because now that they are so emboldened, they don't care. They don't care if you're angry. They don't care if you're upset. They don't care if you're a podcaster and you get behind your microphone and you say, it's obviously rigged. It's obviously rigged. I'm going to come right out and say this, Jay, knowing Mm -hmm. that I'm probably going to get some people pissed off at me. The Iowa caucus was definitely rigged. I don't know exactly for sure if this app was pre-programmed to have Pete Buttigieg win no matter what. There are, there's this chain of circumstantial evidence that leads me to believe, as a full-blown admitted conspiracy theorist, because I'm, I'm just going to embrace that title now. Right. I'm tired, of being, I'm tired of being told that, oh, you're just a conspiracy theorist. And I says, well, no, I'm not really. Well, no, I am. Right. I'm just, I'm going to embrace it like now. Um, and I'm going to come out and tell you that this looks like it's been rigged and it looks like it was rigged to favor a political, a specific political candidate, or it was rigged to shun another one, another one. It was, all right. So I'm going to put on a conspiracy hat of a different color. Okay. Right. What if. 
all of the partisan bickering, all of the us versus them that has been going on for the past 15 years plus. Right. That has been continually getting ratcheted up and ratcheted up and ratcheted up. And understand that this is not the first time. This is not the worst politics the United States have ever, has ever gotten. No. Okay. It's pretty bad, but it's not been, it's, it's been worse. It's pretty bad, but you know, there's no one having a duel on the front lawn of the fucking White House. So right. not yeah, Not yet. That's because they outlawed it, but whatever. Right. Um, what if all of this ratcheting up, he, you know, tribalism, us versus them, my side is awesome, your side sucks. What if all of that was done specifically so that they could pull whatever shenanigans they want during the general election or even just the primaries? Right. And not have to worry about people blaming them for their incompetence. Because if you're saying they're incompetent, then obviously you're one of them, not one of us. Right. So therefore, your opinion is invalid. That's a tough call. Yeah. That's a, t- that's, that's a tough call. Because at this point, like I said, it's Thursday, February 6th, 2020. And looking at the Iowa caucus and the troubles that they had with this app, it's obvious that there was tampering going on or sheer incompetence. The yep. fact that, that the Department of Homeland Security, that I'm not a fan of, I'm not a fan of the Department of Homeland Security, but the <laughs> fact that the Department of Homeland Security offered to test this, this app in advance and the Department of Homeland Security was denied the opportunity to vet this app should be, seemed- raising, should be raising red flags to well, every and all that, American. That's, that's a genuine concern. Yes. Why on earth would you not take the opportunity to have a third party, one that is supposedly trusted like the Department of Homeland Security, which is of all of the branches of government, I think they're the ones that they're new enough that they, they can still kind of claim that there's no bias involved, right? Whether people think that there is no bias in that right. in the in DHS or not is irrelevant. They can still kind of claim it because they're like, we're too new to have the deep state. Um, why would you stop that? Why would you not want them? Why would you? How would it look for you to say, here's the votes. Our app was vetted by the Department of Homeland Security um, and two or three other independent sources we have a very secure app. These are the votes. Why would you not want that? Because you know it's you know that it's either broken or you know it's corrupt. But you, well, that's you where the have that's to, where the that's where the conspiracy yeah. theory comes in. Right. Either you know that it's broken and you don't want attention drawn to the fact that it's broken. You yeah. you know you know for a fact that it's broken. Or, or you know that it's rigged. The only reason, the only reason why you would not want a third party, especially the government, to look at your product is because you know that it's a faulty product. Whether by or you design, have a strong suspicion of it, anyway. or you have a strong suspicion. And the thing is, is that if the Department of Homeland Security comes out and says at the last minute, "Oh my God, this thing is broken," or it's rigged. You know, right. that, do you know the timing of, of that offer? 
from DHS? It's in the article that I have linked to on our show page. I'm okay. looking it up. Um, I mean, I, re I remember, I remember reading that they had offered, but I don't remember the timing of it. Because if it was too close to the election, if it was like, you know, well, fuck, if they, if they find something wrong, there's nothing we can do about it now. And how the hell are we going to run this, this freaking primary, or caucus rather? All I can, all I can tell you, that kind of gives them an out, right? But if it was like a year. Or even six months in advance, you can fix a lot of code in six months. I th I I believe I read somewhere. I might be wrong. I'm I'm scanning this article right now. Um, from the articles that I read, and I might be wrong. I think that it was as far back as November of last year that they reached out and they said, well, "I might the, be wrong." Yeah, then there's no excuse for I it. I might I might be wrong. I mean, it's not easy, but you can fix you can fix a lot of problems with a code in three to six months. It's not easy. It's expensive as hell and requires a lot of fucking time, uh, man hours put in. But you can fix stuff like that. Yeah. If they're over, I would say if they're over six months, then and they didn't want it. There's something. There's another reason involved as to why they didn't want it. They didn't want that. Uh, they didn't want to be vetted. You know, it can't be a confidence in code problem where they're like, oh, we know it works. Okay, you've got a fucking year. You know, the, the benefit in terms of optics and political stability of saying, hey, look, you know, we've been vetted by the Department of Homeland Security. We know this works. That benefit is huge in terms of integrity. But the fact that they turned it down means they either didn't care they were either too conceited they're like oh no our code is great which having known developers would not surprise me um or it was designed to do something specific yep. and that specific design is not necessarily in compliance with what a third party would understand to be the stated intent yeah but here's here's the other problem i have though pete booty gig does he really have that much pull within the Democrat party that he would be able to pull off something like that? Well, the conspiracy theorist in me wants to like, um, search the entire internet looking for evidence to the positive. Yeah. But that's, that's kind of my point though, is that, I mean, who isn't, he was like a governor, wasn't he's he? He's a mayor. I forget. He's a mayor. He's a, he's a mayor of a city. Right. So how did he get, the political clout to be able to pull off that kind of a conspiracy because that's what it would require because there would have to be someone or a group of people high enough placed within the DNC to basically rubber stamp that and give that the go ahead. They would have to be placed enough of them placed high enough to say, yeah, we can handle president Buttigieg. We approve of president Buttigieg because right. we all know they don't want president Gabbard. We also know they don't want President Sanders. No. Hell, it's not even a conspiracy theory that they intentionally skewed the results of the 2016 election for Hillary. That's oh. a stated fact, as stated by a Democrat Party operative. Uh, what's her name? Donna, Donna, Brazil. Donna Brazil wrote a book yeah. called Hacks, and she documented yeah. her I mean, it's experience not even within the DNC. 
and it's not even a an alleged thing at this point. She flat out fucking stated it in black and goddamn white in a in a a book that she wrote right. for fuck's sake. They screwed over Bernie. And there's are, no two ways about right. that. And, and she knows it and, and anyone who's paying attention knows it. So I don't know. It just given that there's that history, why would you as a as an operative, yeah. even if your primary goal is working in this thing, why would why would you not want to have distance your application from any of that in pride? Right. That's problem number one. Problem number two is Pete Buttigieg, how would he have the clout to pull off that? Because he's on the board of directors of Shadow, or he's involved with it in some he's way, in, shape, He's involved with it in some way, shape, or form. And we will admittedly say that his involvement with Shadow is very vague and I'm not sure if it's on purpose, if that's by design, like for, right. I mean, and I'm looking at this, we, and I know that we already mentioned this before, but I mean, I mean, this right here is sort of like the cornerstone of my argument about what's going on right here from vice news. Shadow's CEO is very sorry for screwing up Iowa, but still won't disclose its founders. He said that out of all the all the precincts that had access to the caucus app, just a quarter successfully reported their numbers. This and and this was published um, yesterday morning. Shadow, it's called a failed launch. Um, Shadow Incorporated CEO Gerald Nimaria. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, and I apologize apologies for butchering his last name. Broke his silence in an interview with Bloomberg News. That's another thing we need to talk about. Bloomberg News on Tuesday night, as of as the vote totals were still being released on Monday night's fiasco in Iowa. I'm really disappointed that some of our technology created an issue that made the the caucus difficult. He said a veteran of Hillary Clinton's presidential rug told Bloomberg, we're really terrible about that. Meanwhile, you look at this and you, and, and you, and you look at his history. He has a history of working within the DNC, building, technolo- building technology systems like you had read from their about page. And I'm yeah. just like wondering, like, how come, how come people did not raise a, this red flag sooner? And I don't think that that's a, that's a difficult question to answer, Jay. Well, because how difficult can it be to just count a fucking ballot? How hard is it for you to just count a paper ballot? Why do you, ha- why do you need this? Why do you need this app? Why do you need to make it more complicated than it is? Well, all right. So the reasons for having the app I can get. I understand that. Well, if we have the app, we can get a more positive, you know, we can get a faster positive result. We don't have to rely on exit polling, which they've stopped doing now because it's been horribly inaccurate. Right. You know, because you'll, 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 you'll walk out of a polling place after voting for somebody who the rest of the world describes as being despicable. And you will lie to a pollster and says, no, I voted for the other person, knowing full well that you voted for the one person that the, the mainstream media news organizations finds despicable. Right. Exactly. So they've stopped relying on exit polls. Yeah. And so an app like this, if it were to have worked, they could have really, I don't want to say revolutionized because I don't think it's 
That's I think that's overstating it. But they could have definitely sped up the process. If this worked as advertised, where they were able to get accurate numbers, reported in quickly. Think about it. If they had been able with this app to report their numbers exactly accurate before the Republicans were able to report theirs, how would that have looked? What would be the optics on that? Oh, it would have been wonderful. It was just, oh my God, welcome to the 23rd century, blah, blah, blah. Oh yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I get that, not really need, but that desire to have the app. I understand that. That makes sense to me, which is why the vetting by the DHS and all of that makes no sense to me, because why would you not want that to be able to just have that as a, you know, have that as your, I don't know, as as your flagship, as your, uh, as your proof that, you know, we're the Democrat party and we're doing things right. We're taking advantage of the latest technology, unlike the Republicans who are still counting things by hand. Right. You know what I mean? That would be a huge bump for them. And it is well-deserved one if it had worked right, you know, so I don't understand. There's just, the idea is great, but then the execution, as is typical with any political thing, sucks. They just couldn't pull it off because they couldn't get out of their own damn way. Because it was more, I don't know. I mean, now I'm getting into conspiracy theory because it was more important to them to get the right person to win than to have a program that actually worked. Right. Because here's the other thing, too. Code is really complex. Auditing code yes. is not easy. So they could very well have left things in their code, hooks that they could have used later. Yeah. That would have looked benign. And then have one election run perfectly fine, everything accurate, have the sec- maybe a second one, an interim right. election work perfectly fine. And then the next one is when you activate those hooks and you dictate who wins. You're more of an expert on this than I am. And I think that for somebody like you to say, this is how they could have rigged it. This is how they could have built it. And this is how they could have used the software to rig the results the way that they wanted it to come out in the end. Scares the hell out of me. Because I'm not saying that you're dumb, Jay. I'm just saying that this is not your, I don't think this is your forte. And if, if you could come up with a way on how they could have rigged the results, then that means that anybody else could have as well. That bothers me. That bothers me that you could look at this and you can say, this is how how they could have rigged the results. And that means that somebody who has a lot more experience playing in code could figure out a way to do it for real. And maybe I'm overstating it. Maybe maybe I am. But yeah, it doesn't, I don't think it takes that, devious of mine or anything either it's just how are you going to get people to trust you you have it work right the first time you know you have it work right multiple times you have it be accurate multiple times you get people to rely on it and then once they're relying on it that's when you start manipulating it right right because any new technology in all honesty where they failed really failed is not having a backup to this they went all in on this they jumped in feet first off the cliff into what they hoped was deep water. Right. And they found out that, yeah, they hit the it rocks. looked deep, but that's because <laughs> it was only like three feet deep and you jumped 15 feet into the water. Yeah. You, hit the, you hit the rocks. Exactly. Um, so, I mean, it's just so why it almost feels like it's on purpose 
and now I'm getting back into conspiracy theory, but it does. It almost feels like it was on purpose. Well, like this is they wanted this app to fail and they wanted it to fail spectacularly for whatever reason. And it bothers me. This is something that happened a couple of days ago and it really bothers me. Because the thing is is that for years I've been I've been criticizing the GOP and specific candidates and and specific elected and appointed officials. I'm on record for saying that probably within the top five of the dumbest things George W. Bush did while he was in office was nominate Harriet Myers to the Supreme Court who has no, ex no judicial experience, meaning she's never had experience being a judge. Yeah. And I was astounded at the number of people who I thought I could, tr that I were on the up and up. Republicans who I thought were painfully honest to the fact. And the rules are the rules and facts matter. And Republicans that I thought were cool were celebrating the nomination of Harriet Myers. And that's when I basically got off the Bush bus, as it were. And I've been very critical of Republicans and Democrats. And earlier this week, I had posted, I'm actually calling this up, and follow me on twitter.com slash Fedora Chronicle. Leave off the S for savings. And I had wrote this. Um, Come on now. And I, I wrote, the best thing about the AI, AI caucus and the DNC rigging is that more people are waking up to the fact that the process has been tampered with by the very people who are supposed to be our nation's leaders. Who does this manufactured chaos help? And I lost a follower on Twitter because of this. And that the fact that I'm saying that the DNC rigged the Iowa caucus for purposes I'm not entirely sure of quite yet. It's obvious they don't want Bernie Sanders to be the party nominee. It's obvious. They've all but flat out stated They've that. all, yeah. I mean, especially the loyalists to Hillary Clinton will not allow him to win. Right. Because okay. now she's blaming him for why she lost. Because, you know, it couldn't be her fault. Okay. So, for the, I've been doing the Fedora Chronicles as the website and now the podcast since 2004. And I've been very critical of Democrats, and I've also been very critical of Republicans in pointing out the hypocrisy. The fact that I had have said that the DNC rigging of the Iowa caucus helps whomever. I actually asked, who does this help? And I left it open-ended. The, the fact that somebody got pissed off by that tweet. And these people mm. won't even give me the benefit of the doubt. I'm not. I'm not saying that this is this is a, this is a great thing for democracy. I'm not saying that this is this is wonderful and this helps Donald Trump. I'm saying this is awful because it helps Donald Trump. Because right. if Donald Trump is going to win another four years in office, it should be because his ideas are quote better quote unquote. Or that he has the support of the people, whatever. Donald Trump should win fair and square. The race should not be handicapped by the very people who are running against him. The DNC should not be sabotaging themselves 
and accidentally give Donald Trump another win. If Donald, right. if Donald Trump is going to lose the election, he should lose the election because the DNC's ideas are better and that they, they actually represent the people of the United States. The DNC candidate, whoever he or she is, should win or lose on the merits of their character and by other, the, their, I mean, their, can, their arguments. You could say that about any election with either party. Right. You really could. But the truth of the matter is, is there's so much obfuscation and corruption involved in the entire process right now that a lot of people do not have a lot of faith in our elections. Right. They really don't. Right. For example, why is there only two parties? That's another thing that we've talked a lot about because right. the Republicans and the Democrats have conspired with each other to keep third party candidates off the debate stage. Like people blame Ross Perot for George Herbert Walker Bush from losing for losing in 1992. Right. People blame Ralph Nader for Al Gore losing in the 2000 election. Right. Okay. And, and, and even like, even like you and I, when we were voting, you know, in, was it 2016? Yeah. Right? Yes. How many times did you hear if, why are you throwing away your vote by not voting for one of the primary candidates? Yes. I, and I, and I've had this conversation. I don't know how many times. Yeah. I, and I specifically said, there's a reason why I can't vote for Trump and I can't vote for, for Clinton. Here are the reasons why. Right. And the fact that the response you get, the default response from anybody that you get when you say things like that is, why are you throwing away your vote? Well, why do you think I'm, why do you think I'm losing, I'm throwing it away anyway? How is me choosing not to vote for only one of two people throwing away my oh, vote? Yeah. I'm still casting my vote. My vote is still getting counted. My candidate won't win. That doesn't mean I'm throwing away the vote. Well, that means you're a vote for anyone else is a vote for Hillary. Is it? Right. Because I'm pretty sure it's a vote for the person I'm voting for and not, I'm not not like I'm going in there and writing down anyone but Hillary right. or writing down anyone but Trump. Mickey Mouse. Like you know, so it's just. <sighs> I but and I I think it's amazing how if you if you're a Hillary supporter or if you were a Hillary supporter and you said and, and I told you I'm voting for Gary Johnson and you said a vote for Gary Johnson is a vote for Donald Trump. How the, no. And then if you're if you're conservative, and I said and I said. I'm voting for Gary Johnson. They says, oh, a vote for Gary Johnson is a vote for Hillary Clinton. I, it's just right. Well, I mean, realistically, Hillary Clinton voters didn't really give a shit if you voted for Harry uh, for Gary Johnson, because Gary Johnson was another basically was another uh, Republican. It was a lot of people claimed he was going to split the Republican vote. They weren't worried about so much the. Oh, the no, I mean, I mean, vote. I mean, I was I was called out by a mutual fan of Howard Weinstein's on Howard Weinstein's Facebook page telling me really? that what I did was, was practically criminal. And with his logic chain was uh, you, you vote for a third party, you're voting for tyranny or you're voting for, um, I can't remember the specific words that this character used, 
But somehow the thing is, is that I was intellectually dishonest and a scumbag for voting for a third party candidate. And that's and that's what Jimmy Dore calls voter shaming. Yeah. And I'm surprised that Howard Weinstein didn't step up and say, Eric voted his conscience. He should be at least given the benefit of the doubt and not be called a scumbag, essentially. And, yeah. and I think that and I think that's very telling of a lot of people's character when it's like they, you know, they're not able to look at somebody and say, I voted for this third party candidate for these reasons. Right. Um, and it's, it, and that brings up another topic. And I, and this, I wanted to talk about Rush Limbaugh really quickly. Okay. And I wanted to talk about the Super Bowl and the outrage of the Super Bowl halftime show. Which do you want to do first? Because I don't know if we're running well, out of time. Let's go over. I think Rush Limbaugh is going to take less time. So let's hit Rush Limbaugh real quick. Okay. First of all, I want to say I have listened to Rush Limbaugh in the past. I was never really a huge fan of his. Um, but the fact that people are celebrating the stage three cancer and it's basically terminal and he's on his last legs. Anyone who's celebrating that is fucking evil. You cannot like the guy. Right. You may remember when when Teddy Kennedy passed on, and I hated Ted Kennedy right. with a passion. Right. I really, really, really hated the man. How did you really feel about Ted Kennedy, Jay? Uh, Jay? Oh, I thought he was a fucking asshole. Right. No, um. I still offered my condolences to his friends and family because he's a fucking human being. He has friends. He has family. There are people who care about him and no one. I don't care if they're in the public eye. I don't care if they're private. They can be the biggest asshole in the right. world. Every human being has friends and family that care about them. And if for only for their sake, right, they deserve to not have people celebrating news of their impending right just for that reason alone so for me personally i don't give a shit what your personal feelings are about rush limbaugh if you're celebrating his death you are a soulless human being who i don't care to associate with because what if rachel i'm being subtle right what if what if rachel maddow announced that she has stage four cervical cancer and she only has months to live. And I said, I yay, great. That's wonderful. I'm glad that the bitch is dying. How fast would I be denounced by people on the left for so saying the something people like on that. the left? I'd be calling you up saying, what the fuck is wrong with you? You would. And you'd have every right to. Because Rachel Maddow has a partner. She has a she has parents. She has people that love her and she has a fan base that appreciates what it she represents a voice of a certain demographic. It's not. Look, I don't like Rachel Maddow. I think that Rachel Maddow is a crazier conspiracy theorist than I am. And I think and the way that she goes about her reporting is I think is despicable. But I'm not going to celebrate the fact that she. Is She's dying going through an awful, awful time. Yes, that's li- well, someone. Someone who's really impressed me, even though I disagree with him politically on like almost a hundred percent, is Bill Maher. Yeah, Bill Maher. I, I he was actually part of a documentary I saw about um, what's her name there, 
uh, Ann Coulter. Yes. And he was, he was just out there saying, I love Ann Coulter. I disagree with everything she says, but right. God bless her for being out there saying it. Right. And that's honestly how I feel about like, you know, uh, Rachel Maddow, um, uh, Chris, um, Chris Matthews, Chris Matthews, you know, I mean, Hey, they're expressing a voice. They, they have an audience, they're expressing a voice and that audience deserves to have their voice expressed. I may disagree with what they have to say, may disagree with their, with the way they say it. I may not like particularly how they characterize the people they disagree with. That doesn't mean they don't have a right to say it. That doesn't mean they don't have a right, right. to have their opinions heard and, right. and all of that and or expressed in a public forum. And I just, how did, how can anyone celebrate someone else's dying? I mean, there are notable exceptions, right. but like Hitler, for example, right. Pol Pot, but the screen, are run. you really, do you seriously equate a guy you disagree with their politics on to be on the same level as Hitler, who was a genocidal maniac? Yeah. Anti-Semite, and there's historical evidence to suggest he wasn't an anti-Semite. He just really didn't give a fuck about the Jews and was using it as a political right. tool. But whatever, whatever. Um, still, right. How many millions of people has Rush Limbaugh killed? None. Even with his rhetoric being as sometimes vile as it could possibly right. be, he is not responsible for a single loss of human life. Right. So why are you calling him a Nazi? Why are you celebrating the fact that he's dying? That's awful and that's evil. It and, really but is. that's also, Jay, raises another question. Because I know that I have detractors. I know that I have there are people out there who think that I'm despicable because I point out the folly on both sides of the political aisle. I know that there are some people who don't like the fact that I dabble in conspiracy theories. And I know that there are a couple of people, a handful of people, maybe two or three people out there, who just simply dislike me because they didn't think that I was an appropriate choice for Carol as a husband. I know that for a fact. Yeah, but let's not talk about your mom. <laughs> What's going, what, what would happen if I announced today that I have stage four cancer and that there are probably going to be a legion of people who say, good, I'm glad that he's dying. And that, right. that saddens me. That genuinely saddens me that somebody who is actually going to take to Facebook and social and other social media platforms and celebrate my demise. And that is, very telling to me. And I think the, the entire theme of this episode of our podcast is that we have gone way too far and we are watching the decline of our civilization. We are watching the decline of our society because we cannot take a moment and realize that's a human being. Now, Rush Limbaugh said some things about Tra Trayvon Martin that I thought that was absolutely, totally unfair and uncalled for. And I'd stopped listening yeah. to him. There's a yep. lot of things. What he said about Sandra Fluke or Sandra Fuck. I'm not, how do you pronounce her last name? I've heard it pronounced Fuke. Fluke. Fuke. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. And calling her a, a slut because she is asking for 
Obamacare to also include birth control. And I know that we've had the conversation, who should be paying for birth control? I know that we've had this fight. A- right. And Rush Limbaugh said some things that I said, I, I, can't, I, I'm, I'm, I can't listen to him anymore. I'm going to have to take a break. Don Imus said things yep. that I said, I, I, no, I got to take a break. Jay Severin, somebody who I loved and adored here in the Boston area, said some things that made me want to take a break from listening to him. Right. I'm sure that there are plenty of people out there who said, "Ah, Eric, I think the whole Roswell JFK thing is a little too far. I'm going to take a break from listening to your podcast for a while. Right. Right. But that doesn't mean that these people, including myself, aren't human beings. Right. And to celebrate, it's, it, it's despicable that there are a handful of people on social media who are celebrating the demise of a voice on the other side of the political aisle. And they are the first people to call you out if you are celebrating the demise or the ill health of one of their favorite commentators. Right. And it's the hypocrisy of it. Well, I don't know. See, to me, the the hypocrisy of it is is secondary. It's annoying. I don't like it. But it's secondary to the fact that you are seriously cheering on the death of another human being. That's bothersome. It's evil. That's evil. You're you're just you're no better than the crowds in ancient Rome who would who were cheering for a thumbs down in the gladiatorial combats because they were trying to escape the doldrums of their own lives. Right. That's just evil. There's no two ways about that. You cannot get on a moral high horse after having cheered someone else's death. You've lost that right. You have abdicated that right. Well, at least I'm not like Rush Limbaugh. Oh really? Right. No, you're you're actually worse. Yeah. He was he he was really kind of an asshole at times, but I never once heard him cheer someone's death. Yeah. And his voice he never used his voice to cause someone else's death that I'm aware of. Yeah. And I stopped listening to him years ago, in part because of like, you know, the incidents that you mentioned, but also because I just got tired of the rhetoric. Right. You know? Um it didn't he didn't just didn't appeal to me anymore as a commentator, you know, and as you get older, you know, you start looking at things differently, whatever. Okay. But to cheer someone dying, that's gross. It really is. And and I'm sad and I'm saddened by that. Yeah, I am. Um, So anyway, I mean, I, I, I wish Rush Limbaugh, um, um, good health and a speedy recovery and Godspeed. And um, if he does pass away, I hope that it is, it's um, it's not a long lingering death. Um, I wish his, him and his family, nothing but the best. Um, so with yeah. that said, um, moving on. So um, I was making, I was making jokes, calling it um, the Super Bowl. And I was just like, hey, it's, and, I th- and John Pica um, um, has a little to do with that because I was sort of making fun of the fact that um, toddlers know more about football than I do. <laughs> 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 um, 
Um, yeah. Now, okay. So this one, I'm not really sure what all the controversy was. Did you even see the halftime show? Oh, of course I saw the halftime show. JLo and Shakira, come on. Okay. So the thing is, is that it was provocative, to say the least. Yeah. Okay. And there, <laughs> there were a couple of cringeworthy moments. Really? There was this moment where she, Shakira slid on her knees and she had her, her hand above her vagina. So, and, okay, but have you not seen any of Shakira's videos? I've, I'm not going to lie, Jay. I, I'm, I'm shocked at how little I know about uh, modern popular music. Okay, well, okay. So that's what made Shakira popular. Shakira has always been a singer and dancer. Right. right. J-Lo started off as more of a dancer, although she could sing as well. She wasn't really known for that. Shakira was always known for her dancing and singing. She has got a good voice. Right. She's got a great sense of rhythm, and she's a very provocative dancer. Um, if I remember correctly, I think her mother is Lebanese, and she grew up in Colombia with a, uh, her father's Colombian. Um, so she's got that latin sense of rhythm in this right song, you know, some people may say this is racist for me to say but fuck it whatever um but she also learned belly dancing from her mother right and when she dances a lot of like her shaking her hips and stuff she was famous for the song my hips don't lie right and she's she uses belly dancing moves belly dancing right. moves are it's a very provocative Yes. Sort of dance. It's a provocative form of entertainment. So anyone who's surprised by that has absolutely no idea what she is famous for. Right. So, I mean, I don't know. To me, I saw that like the combination of her doing that and like, I guess, like later in the show when J-Lo started performing, she was out there and she was dancing on a pole. People can say what they want about that. I defy you to do that. Right. I defy you to dance on a pole like that. Right. Go for it. I want to watch because it's going to be fucking hilarious when you fall on your head. Right. Right. So the other thing people don't realize is they didn't get paid for that. It's supposed to be an honor to do the halftime show for the, um, for the Super Bowl. So, the performers do not generally get paid to do that. Right. You know, they're dancers, backup dancers, all that shit. They get paid, but the main, the headliner performers generally do not get paid to do it. And now they're getting a bunch of shit over it for what, you know, you've got a, you've got the little button in your hand, fucking change the damn channel. If you exactly. don't watch it, if you have a problem with that, then you're the one with the problem. Right. I, I, I saw it and I, would I be happy if I saw my my daughter dancing on stage like that? I don't know, to be honest with you. Um, but I wouldn't be ashamed of her. I wouldn't be like, oh, my God, I can't believe she did that. You know? Um, I don't think it's, it's part of both of them. Part of their performances is to be provocative. That's how they got to where they are in life right now. Right. And... JLo owns part of the Miami Dolphins. So clearly she's doing something right. It's working for her. Yeah. And 
I don't know where this outrage is coming from. I mean, I know I've seen people on the left saying that they, uh, you know, they're denigrating themselves and objectifying themselves. And I've seen other people on the le left say that they're empowering themselves. I've seen guys on the right say that they're whores. And it's like, all right, you know, were you entertained by it? Me? If you weren't, you can change the channel. It's a 15-minute fucking show. Go and watch an episode of The Simpsons. Come back on. You'll still watch another 25 minutes of advertisements before the game starts again. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. To me, it's just bullshit. There's no reason for this outrage. It just seems like people are looking for a reason to be pissed off about something. Right. And a couple of beautiful women performing, singing, dancing. Maybe they're shaking their ass a little too much for you. Okay, fine. Change the damn channel. I thought it was... I. I thought it was well choreographed. I thought the singing was good. They didn't sound like they were lip syncing. You know, the dancing that the two of them were doing while they were singing was low enough, I think, that they were actually singing while performing. Right. So that's something I look for in a performance. And I, I, I just, I don't see anything to be outraged over. If you don't like it, change the damn channel. Oh, but it's family television time. You know, in the yeah, end, I know. JLo's daughter joined her on stage and fucking killed it. Right. I think it's um. I, here's the thing that bothers me, and I'm going to go down a rabbit hole. One okay, of the so it's it's a day that ends in Y. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> so about a decade ago, I was at, I was at a church. I I was a, a quote member unquote of this church. And I wanted to participate more in the activities of the church, be a part of the team, the, the audiovisual team, and also mm -hmm. recording the audio of the, the pastor's sermon and, and learn the equipment that they used. And it was inappropriate for me because I had yet to finish my Bible-based brainwashing is what I'm calling it now because the pastor yeah. thought the pastor thought that I was a little bit too much of an independent free spirit and um, um and the one of the things yeah, that he heaven said knows the the gospel of Jesus Christ has absolutely nothing about you thinking for yourself right and the, and and the and the pastor wanted to counsel me so that his thoughts became my thoughts and I and I didn't think enough like him to be a member of the 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 worship team, as it were. And, and, and I still had a lot of counseling to go to. Meanwhile, the, the, one of the women who was one of the co-youth pastors left her children and her husband to go shack up with another dude. And we spent a lot of time praying for her, hoping that she would come back to her family, patch things up, and all would be forgiven. And a lot of energy was focused on we we need to we need to pray for her for her spiritual healing so she can come back to the church, which she eventually did, and she was put right back into the youth ministry. And I one of the last no the last conversation that I had with a pastor is that this is grossly inappropriate. And maybe, maybe, maybe I might have been wrong in my argument. And I said, I don't like the message that this sends, that you can leave your husband, you can abandon your children, 
shack up with another dude, and then come back and be put back into position of authority back in the church instantaneously over other of over other people's kids. I don't think this religion. I don't think that this issue has been resolved. And I was I was told that I was being unfair, and I was quote bullying this woman who committed adultery and abandoned her kids for this other man, for her lover, as it were. And I, and one of the people that I spoke to was one of the, quote, deacons, unquote, of the church. And she said that I'm not being fair. I am indwelt with the spirit of Jezebel. I am showing my true nature, my true colors, and my jealousy and I came back is why is it that I'm being treated that I, I like somehow I'm defective. And I, okay. So from their perspective, I can see right. them as saying, well, you need to have more of the forgiveness of Christ in you. I could see them sure. saying that. Sure. It doesn't mean you didn't have a point. Right. Um, I'm not sure if I entirely agree with your point, but why, you know, whatever. Why are you saying you don't agree with my point? I'm saying I'm not sure if I do. Okay. Because there's there's always more to the story, right. you know? Right. That I know you're summarizing. Right. So Right. Um me personally, how was how was she going to have any cuz all right, well, it depends on how young the children were. Right. How well aware they were of what was going on. Um just because the pastor's saying in church, we need to pray for this woman, blah, 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 doesn't mean that, A, they've connected who that woman is right. with their teacher. Oh, no, every, every, everybody everybody knew everybody knew who we were yeah, talking about. Depending on the age of the children, they may not have been paying close sure. enough attention to give a shit. Okay. You know? So, you know, I don't know that, I mean, forgiveness is one thing. Um, I don't know that I would want to have someone like her teaching my children the importance of, oh, let's say celibacy or loyalty right. in marriage, because I don't think she has a leg to stand on for that. But is that me being judgmental? The argument could be made that it is. Right. So, And in, okay. re and in retrospect, maybe I was being a little judgmental. But the thing is, is that, you know, she's allowed to go back into the youth ministry and I'm and the pastor put his foot down and says, I don't want Eric to have any part of being part of the audiovisual team for the church because Eric still has to go through counseling for this vague problem that he didn't, he couldn't convey what I had. What was, what was the issue with me? Right. Okay. And see, that's where things really go south because it's like, if you can't articulate what's wrong clear right. enough that I have a clear understanding of it, right? then you are doing something different. Right. And therefore, Right. Yeah. And it was like this this vague thing this vague thing was the, of of my problem, this vague problem that I had that he couldn't articulate was worse than her leaving her family and her husband for this other guy. And she was allowed back into immediately she was put back into the youth ministry. And I said, I have a problem on the for this for two reasons. And I don't like the example this sends. And and I just decided I'm done with this church. I'm done with this this cultish churchianity, as it were. I'm done. And after and I had a couple of phone calls from other members of the church saying you really need to apologize to the pastor. He's really hurting. He's really upset that you left. Why don't you explain to him better? Why are you why are you upset? And I did. I had the conversation. 
The way that the conversation ended was really distasteful, and I left. And that was the end of it. And one of the, and I said to this woman who was the deacon of the church at the time, "He says I don't like this the example that this that, that this sends because your your friends with large contributor to the church you get to put get put back into the youth ministry because she put her foot down. And the pastor said, "Oh, okay." Eric is not allowed to record the service and, and, and edit the MP3 to put it out online because of some vague problem that the pastor has with me that he can't articulate. And the woman had said to me, I'm being judgmental. I need to show more Christian compassion. And then this is the same woman who had posted this past week, because we're still friends on Facebook, that she, she, and she was crying because of the negative example that this shows women, young girls in America during the halftime show, and I and I was and I was going to light her up on Facebook and remind her of when the shoe was on the other foot because I had these I had the problem of the example that this was sending to young women, right? And now, in all honesty, as I said, I saw that show and there were. A lot of half-naked men running around on stage dancing, too. Sure. So, if both genders are being equally objectified, isn't that what we call equality? Well, maybe. And, and, and last year, Adam Levine, I think his name was, during the halftime show. Yeah. He was topless. He, he didn't have a shirt on. And, and people were like, oh, my God. Oh, oh, how sexy. How wonderful he was. Not everybody, but... Well, yeah, but there was the, no outrage saying was, that he's sending the wrong message. And there this was, is where, yeah, yeah, this is where the hypocrisy steps in because it, it, it's like, okay, him taking off his shirt is empowering. Them dressing sexy is denigrating. I don't know. Where's the, where's I, the consistency I, there? I I don't know. Are I we don't for know. Gender equality, or are we not? I don't know. But women have a history of being objectified. Yes, they do. Yes. And that's despicable, and they should not be objectified. Right. But if, to my knowledge, they have a choice about what they're wearing on stage. And to my knowledge, what they're doing is called pandering to the audience. Both of them, by the way, their midriffs were bare, their arms were bare. But if I remember correctly, they both had tights on. So it's not like they were running around literally naked or anything. I don't know. It, just, it doesn't... I don't get the outrage. I really do not understand the right. outrage. They chose to wear that. They That's part of what people expect when they go to see J-Lo and Shakira perform. Right. Is tightly choreographed dances, good music, good beat, um, and really generally amazing dancing with provoc- right. some provocativity to it. Right. And that's what they delivered. So how is that a problem? Because... If you, if you knew who J-Lo and Shakira are and who they were and what kind of show that they were going to perform, and that's not your bag, change the channel like you had said already. But then to sort of like, sort of like go on this cabal or, and, and go after these women on social media because they set a bad example for young girls. And if, you're, if you think that your kid is going to start behaving like Shakira and J-Lo because of a Super Bowl show, you failed as a parent. 
because, and and I and I see this almost every year. Wi- right. Women who act, and I just I got a message, and I think it was I think it's from you. That's me. Okay, we do have to wrap this up, but I yeah. do I do th- I do think that this there is something to be said about the pornification of American society. And, yeah. And that, and, and that, and I'm sure that there are some people who are very uptight and saying, oh, um, oh, that was totally inappropriate. That was gross and disgusting. But the other aspect of this is that she's, Shakira is 45. JLo is 50. Yeah. These are. And they're in fantastic fucking shape. And they're in fantastic shape. How come we're not celebrating the fact that they might be quote over the hill, but they still look fantastic? And 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 that just because you're no longer in your twenties or thirties doesn't mean that you're dead. I you, we should be congratulating these women for the positive message that they send about staying in shape, doing the hard work to remain healthy, and still being able to perform like that. I think that that's a far more. I think that the fact that they were able to do that at their age is far more powerful and is a better example of, you know, life doesn't end at 40. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So, and I, and I do think that the hypocrisy is pretty much on full display uh, on, on all sides. Is there any other, because I know that you have to go. Is there anything else that you wanted to say before we um, called it a week? Um, no, not really. I mean, there's things that I wish we had had more time to get to, but you know, that's kind of how it happens every week with us. (laughs) (laughs) Um, the only other thing I did want to mention real quick is that Kirk Douglas apparently passed away last night at the age of 103. That's a good run. I'll take it. That is a, that is a very good run. And from what I understand, he was mentally sharp all the way up to the end. And yeah. uh, my thoughts and prayers and condolences go out to his family and friends. He's yeah. A, I mean, I remember watching Kirk Douglas as a kid and, you know, like Spartacus and um, uh, he did a couple of movies with Charlton Heston that I really enjoyed. I can't remember the name of. He was, just, he, he was also, he was an enjoyable actor to watch and he's a true Hollywood legend. Right. Icon, and therefore just worthy of, saying that he's passed on and he had a good run. Yeah. Uh, he was, he also played a fantastic villain in the the film noir movie out of the past. And for him to take a role like that at the peak of his stardom, I think was, is a testament to what kind of talented actor and he was in the confidence that he had in his, in his own sense of celebrity and, um, and a Hollywood icon. Um, and I, my hats off to him literally and figuratively and um um it's it, it's it's sad it is bittersweet um and you know it's i think that he's one of the last of the of the true greats of his era that has passed on so it really is all right jay jay thank you for a very provocative thought-provoking show and um and uh, we'll we'll talk again later all right have a good one all right you too Congratulations on surviving another episode of the Fedora Chronicles radio show with hosts Jason Cousineau and Eric Render King Fisk. Find out more about the Fedora Chronicles by visiting our website, thefedorachronicles.com. That's where you can find our past shows, 
show notes, and recent articles. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram by simply searching for us on those platforms. Don't forget to join our group on Facebook after you found it so that you can keep up with what we will be talking about in the next episode. Facebook, Twitter, and our email address, fedorachronicle at google.com, are great ways to drop us a line with comments and show topic suggestions. We might even read your comment on the air. Support the show by contributing to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash fedorachronicles. For a mere dollar a month, you get early access to the podcast, updates on what we're doing, and for $5 a month, you get all that and a t-shirt or coffee mug. Terms and conditions apply. And thank you to all of our listeners who are already contributing. You can also support the show and show off your incredible, impeccable taste by buying our merch at zazzle.com slash Chronicles. 12.5% of every sale goes directly into keeping this podcast and all the others on the Fedora Chronicles network on the air. That's zazzle.com slash Chronicles. The theme song for this show is Royal Flush by All of Musique. The Fedora Chronicles radio show is edited and produced by Eric Render King Fisk. Copyright The Fedora Chronicles 2019-2020. All rights reserved. On behalf of Jason Cousineau, this is Eric Render King Fisk signing off and reminding you to keep your chin up and your fedora on.